When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Do you know what I use to record these podcasts? It's Anchor by Spotify. It's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or a computer. It's all really, really easy. It's all really intuitive. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast. Hey, good afternoon. Welcome to Sports Nothing But Sports with Kent Sterling for Thursday, February 20th, 2020. This is 2 2020 That's unbelievable. Got to be good luck, right? Head to the casino, bet your asses off, see what happens. I'll bet the house still has an advantage. We're brought to you, as always, by the great people at Today's Dentistry. Dr. Mike O'Neill, the best dentist I've ever gone to, the only dentist I've gone to over the last 26 years. He's phenomenal. Make him your dentist today. 317-849-2933. Let's talk about Indiana last night. Big win for the Hoosiers. They win by 12 over a uh, diminishing Minnesota team, all right? Minnesota's lost five of six. They did not look very good yesterday. We don't apologize for winning. That's not what we do at Indiana or any place else. You win a game on the road in the Big Ten, you are really, really happy with it, and the Hoosiers should be. They finally figured some things out, and first among them, uh, Trace Jackson Davis getting the ball almost every possession. The offense ran through the best player. What the hell kind of an offense are you running if your best player doesn't get a touch every time, if if it's allowed, right? If the defense allows it, you get the ball to your best player. That's what the Hoosiers did last night. Trace Jackson Davis responds with 27 and 16. Race Thompson is playing really good basketball. 25 minutes last night. He had nine points, 10 rebounds. I loved his hustle. This seemed like a team that's decided, you know what? We're not about jacking up threes when we got guys who don't make them and guys who take questionable shots, guys who make questionable passes. We're going to be the team that's going to give us the best chance to win. And with Trace Jackson Davis shooting the ball a lot, touching the ball a lot, and then playing really active defense on the other end. And don't think that one doesn't have to do with the other, because it does. You get touches on the offensive end, you're going to have a little bit of bounce in your step going down playing defense, playing with a little bit of confidence. That's what happened last night for Trace Jackson Davis. Joey Brunk, this wasn't a good matchup for him, so he played eight minutes. Justin Smith, he continues to make strides, I guess, defensively. He's very, very versatile. Offensively, he's got to figure out a way to put the ball in the bucket. I think that he's very similar to Jordan Tucker of Butler. You look at Justin Smith, you look at Jordan Tucker, and you see elite-level athletes who you think ought to be able to dominate the game on both ends. Jordan Tucker, he can't get to the rim. 
Justin Smith, he has a tough time getting to the rim. Jordan Tucker is a better three-point shooter than is Justin Smith. Justin Smith on the defensive end, he plays with some grit, some tenacity, and it worked out last night for Indiana against Minnesota. And I got to tell you, if I were a college basketball coach and I was going into the barn to play against Richard Pitino's team and I walked out of there with a loss, I would not feel very good about myself. I, I think of all the coaches in the Big Ten, he's kind of that guy where you walk in feeling like, all right, you know, it's kind of like Bob Knight used to say about Dale Brown and playing against LSU. I thought we were out of the game until I looked at the other bench and saw Dale Brown. You look at Richard Pitino, you think, okay, we got a chance here. Nothing against Richard Pitino. Seems like a nice enough guy. Boy, did he get angry during a portion of that game at the officials. I don't get it. Like Mike Roberts slaps his, uh, his hand against the court and he gets teed up. Richard Pitino is literally frothing at the mouth, has completely lost control of his, of his saliva gland, and still the official will not tee him up. I was really happy that Indiana found a way to extend that lead. You know what I mean? I, they're up six with a few minutes left. You think, okay, when's Minnesota going to maybe make their run? They never made a run. Indiana continued to press their advantage, play with energy, and so they get one of these rare road wins, only their second of the season. So now what you got if you're Indiana is you've got a clear path to the NCAA tournament if you can hold serve at home. Now this Sunday, you got to be Penn State. And then the last two games of the season, you've got to beat Minnesota at Simon Scott Assembly Hall and then Wisconsin as well on the road. Between those events, between the Penn State game and between the final two games for Indiana at Assembly Hall, you got games against Purdue and against Illinois. If you could find a way, and I don't think they're going to be able to do this, but if you could find a way to win one of those two games, one of those two road games, and win the rest of your games on the road, you could wind up in third place in the Big Ten. Right now, Indiana is only two games out of third place. That's unbelievable considering where they've come from. Two games out of third place for a team that just the other day looked like it might be on its way to finishing 12th in the Big Ten. That is how close the competition is in the Big Ten. And for those people who say, you know, it's nothing but mediocres in the Big Ten, I grant you, there aren't teams that are in the, uh, in the top ten, right That's for sure. But there are a bunch of teams that are in the top 40. In fact, 12 of them in the top 40. Indiana, right now, they would be in the NCAA tournament, and they're ranked 40th in Ken Palm. Indiana, 7-8, and right, in the Big Ten. Third place, 9-6. Indiana, like I said, only two games back out of third in the Big Ten. That's just insane. But you you look beneath them. And you see that Minnesota's only a game back of Indiana. If Indiana had lost last night, they'd be where Minnesota is all by themselves in 12th place in the Big Ten. It is so close. The difference between third and 12th, almost negligible with just five games left in the regular season. And so what's happened today, right? All of the conversation about Archie Miller's got to go. This is an outrage. This guy, this is year three, for God's sake. Brand Underwood at Illinois, he's doing a great job. And look at Chris Mack down at Louisville. And Chris Holtman over at Ohio State. These guys have gotten it done in three years. And you know what? There's validity to that argument. But Archie Miller, this was a, a complete cultural redo 
for Indiana basketball, and it was going to take time, and it is taking time, and it's not like Archie did the easy thing, and that would have been just walk in with guns blazing and tell guys to get the hell out, we're cleaning house, and we're going to start from scratch. He didn't do that. What he's done is tried to win with Tom Crean's guys and bring them along and, and allow them to stay at Indiana and compete to the level at which they can, and they've done that. And he, he's tried to make this thing work. It's clunky, and, and sometimes it's ugly, and we don't enjoy watching it all the time. But you know what? Last night, Indiana beat a Minnesota team on the road that normally is, uh, is very difficult to beat at the barn. Now, Minnesota, they're not playing well. There's no doubt about that. They're one of the worst teams in the Big Ten, but we don't apologize, right? We don't apologize for winning, especially on the road in the Big Ten. Again, Trace Jackson Davis, terrific. If they continue to play at the level they did last night and continue to enter the, pro, the post the way they did, they got a chance to win some basketball games. Penn State's going to be better defensively by a mile than Minnesota was. What Penn State does is make you uncomfortable on, the, on your offensive end. So as Indiana attacks, what Penn State's going to try to do is extend on the wings, make it difficult to enter the post because they are extending on the wings, and they're making it difficult even to make that pass to the wing. They're going to press you once in a while, and Indiana does not respond well necessarily to a press. It's going to be a tough game for them to win at Simon Scott Assembly Hall or at Penn State or on the moon, wherever that game would be played against Penn State. It's going to be a tough one to get. But if they can get it, you got a chance to be really, really good. You got a chance to have a terrific result for this season. And by terrific, I mean getting to the tournament, right? And by really, really good, I mean being one of the, the field of 68. If Indiana can't do that, then, you know, uh, I'm going to look forward to next year. Here's the deal, all right? Indiana is not in a position where it's going to win a national championship this year. So what we're looking for is incremental improvement. Incremental improvement would be represented by a trip to the NCAAs. I think Indiana's made incremental improvement. I think this is a better basketball team than we saw last year. The Big Ten last year, you could go and play Rutgers. You could play Penn State. You could play uh, Nebraska. You could play Illinois. You could play Northwestern and know that you had a hell of a chance of getting a win. This year, I think it's much more difficult in the Big Ten to stack wins because the top 12 teams are so evenly matched. And again, you can see that as, as the, what separates 12 from 3 in the Big Ten is just three games. Uh, the Indiana Pacers are going to be back in action tomorrow night at Madison Square Garden as they take on the Knicks. That's a nice... I, the Knicks aren't very good. And I think this is going to be another step in the right direction for the Indiana Pacers as they try to figure out just what the hell's going on with this team and how they play together and how they function and how this chemistry can build with Victor Oladipo being a part of the starting lineup. He's still not going to play back-to-backs, but he is going to play as many minutes as Nate McMillan sees fit to play him. That's a good step in the right direction. That'll be fun to watch tomorrow night. Um... You know what else? Domas Sabonis was terrific with the media today. Why don't we listen to Domas talk about the All-Star break? best part was just being there, able to represent the organization and just be there with my family and friends. You know, um, It was just a great weekend to catch up with everybody. 
Was there any point during some downtime where you it did sink in? I'm an all-star. I'm here. I'm participating in this game on Sunday. There was just so much to do. You know, it didn't it didn't really sink in until that day we got to the gym and uh, you had your jersey there in the locker room with everybody. Does it change your attitude as a player somehow that you're an all-star? I don't think so. You know, at the end of the day, the main goal is to win games. So we just got to focus now and and go out there tomorrow and uh, beat New York. Any particular players you got to know while you were there that you didn't know already? Uh, yeah, there was a there were there was a couple guys that I, I had to know off the court, you know, and I got to know them and su- super nice guys. Who? Chris Paul, you know, Damian Lillard, Anthony Davis, you know, there was a bunch of guys that I hadn't met before, and um, it was just nice to get to know them and see how they prepare and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, what did you do after the game? You had a, you gave you an extra day, I guess, to come back. Uh, yeah, I just went away a bit with my family and um, just relaxed. The skills challenge was was pretty entertaining. What was your take on kind of the whole night? Um, it was really fun, you know. It was really fun to be there. Um, just go out and have fun, you know. Just didn't want to get embarrassed, you know, with the pass. Got the pass down, and then after that, whatever happened, happened. So you're going against Bam. I mean, you're dribbling down the court yeah. thinking you're, you got a shot to win this thing. Yeah, yeah of course. You know, um, I just thought I shot the first one too quick. You know, the main thing was to, like, when I missed when I missed the first one, he shot the second one. I wanted to, like, knock his ball out to have a chance to shoot the third one, but he, he made it before I had the chance. Then in the game, I'm curious, the first half, it felt like an all-star game. Like, there were times I thought you were maybe going to go try to get a block or play defense, and, you know, that doesn't happen here. But then it changed midway through the third quarter. Yeah, the first part wasn't, I can't play those kind of games. Uh, it's tough for me. You know, uh, I want to play hard. Uh, for me, the funnest part was the fourth quarter when I played that little stunt of four minutes. You know, then it was real basketball. Then that's where it was fun playing with real players. Chris Paul time, he just had a screen. Russ, like, t- t- tell me where to go. So that part was fun for me. Did anybody talk to you about that? Like, hey, lay low, don't, don't get too gritty early in the game? Uh, no, no one talked about nothing. We just went out there and coach drew up the first play. I saw LeBron shot it and then the rest, everyone saw how the rest was. Were you nervous at all, though? Oh, yeah, very nervous. You know, um, I get in there, first minute in the game, I, I get fouled and I'm shooting free throws. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, just don't airball the shot, you know. <laughs> so I made it and everything then kind of, you relax more once you make that first basket. Did your dad have a good time being kind of back around the league again? Uh, yeah, you know, he had a great time. The whole family was there. Um, the league took great care of us, you know, made it as simple as possible. So um, it was just an easy, fun weekend. Sounds like you have a little bit of a head cold. A what? Do you have a little bit of a head cold? What's a head cold? Is it cold? Me? You sound, you're, you sound like you're stuffed up a little bit. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Probably didn't get good, enough sleep. <laughs> no sleep? <laughs> Are you worn out at all? The guys come back from the break, you know, energized, and you were busy over the break. Uh, you know, I feel like every time my family's in town or friends are in town, uh, it's awesome because uh, once you're not on the court, you just you don't even feel like you're in season. You just have fun with them, spend time with them, and you don't even think about basketball. So that helped a lot. Playing the Knicks, you've uh, if we transition now to this season and kind of the stretch run, you've had a lot of success against the Knicks over the last couple of years. Any reason for that? Um... I don't know. I just try to be aggressive, you know. Um, team, teams play different ways uh, every game, you know, and uh, they might switch it up uh, again tomorrow, so you don't know. But I just try to go out there and be aggressive and be myself. That's Tomas Sabonis in a good mood after going to the All-Star game up in Chicago and participating and getting to know some new people. Nice. He and the Pacers on the floor at Madison Square Garden tomorrow night taking on the New York Knicks. The Knicks are not very good, so this is another opportunity for the Pacers to figure out how they work best together. I'm looking forward to seeing him play. Um, you should too. Oladipo, he's got to figure out what he does and how he fits here. And other guys are going to have to figure out how they fit with Victor Oladipo on the floor. Nate McMillan, 
doing a good job of orchestrating all of this chaos into a package of basketball that we're going to want to consume. The Pacers, 27 games left in the season. They know exactly where they are in the standings. How many games do they have to win to climb into that fourth spot? Probably somewhere between 17, 18, 19, right in that range. They can get that done. This is a team that's got to play as as a, a unit that is better qualitatively than the sum of the parts. If they can do that, they got a good shot. Speaking of the Pacers, hey, uh, the Chicago Bulls uh, reportedly have great interest in Chad Buchanan as a guy who's going to come in and run their front office. The Bulls, they want to reorganize stuff in the front office. They're targeting Chad Buchanan, who right now is the general manager for the Indiana Pacers. Kevin Pritchard is the president of basketball operations. Chad answers to Kevin. Chad has been terrific. He has a great understanding of analytics. He is a wonderful guy. He fits the Pacers' culture terrifically. He, he is one of those guys that I'm sure that the Pacers would want to hold on to forever and ever and ever. And, and that's really what the Pacers do. So I'm optimistic they're going to be able to get that done. You walk around the halls at Bankers Life Fieldhouse or at the St. Vincent Center, and what do you see? You see people who have been with the Pacers forever. You see Mark Boyle, who's been the radio voice for more than 30 years. You see Slick Leonard. Slick has been Mark's radio analyst for about 30 years. You see Chris Denary, Quinn Buckner. They've been doing play-by-play on TV for, what, the last 16 years? You see people like Terry Tiernan, who's been there forever in sales. Uh, you see Donnie Walsh, obviously, there almost forever, except for the period of time where he ran stuff for the Knicks. You see Karen Atkinson. You see Chrissy Myers. You see all these people who have been with the team forever. That's how good businesses are run. And the Pacers are a real good business. Rick Fusen gets it. You hire terrific people. You keep them. That's what you do. Turnover, when you lose human capital, when you turn over different positions, what happens? There's a brain drain. The Pacers, they don't want that. They want to hold on to Chad Buchanan. We'll see if they're able to do it or if he's going to go to the Chicago Bulls and help them out of the chaos that they have immersed themselves in. The, the Bulls, are they have been a foundering franchise for a long time. A lot of that has to do with the people running the show, John Pax and Gar Foreman. I don't know who's to blame for what among those two guys, but one thing for sure, the Bulls absolutely suck, and the Pacers almost never suck. You look back, and I heard John Paxson say this during the previous offseason. You know, when Derrick Rose got hurt, it really set us back. Hey, don't, don't bitch to me and moan to me about people getting hurt. Look at Paul George. You know what the Pacers did? They figured it out. Look at Victor Oladipo. All right, Victor Oladipo gets hurt. Bunch of guys either retire or leave via free agency. What's Kevin Pritchard do? What's Chad Buchanan do? They put together a roster almost entirely made up of new guys, and they go out and they win when they win. 30 of their first 46 Yes, Ryan Carr, another name in that front office who's terrific. Peter Dinwiddie, a lot of really good, talented guys and women 
uh, taking part in what the Pacers are building. I mean, you look at even the Indiana Fever, right, in the WNBA. Kelly Kroskoff ran the show there from the inception of that team until last year when she moved into the front office for the Pacers. They hire good people. They hold on to good people. People leave the Pacers at their own risk when they do, and it almost never happens. Chad Buchanan, I hope he's a Pacer for life. Like I said, great understanding of analytics, great understanding of people, and just a good dude all the way around. Look at the Colts. They do the same thing. Look at IU. Same thing, right? When you change people, when you have people leave, and then you have to replace them, there is always a period of time as those new people get ramped up and get set in their position where you're going to lose for a period, right? There's going to be a bit of a brain drain. Doesn't happen with good organizations. Hopefully it doesn't happen with the Pacers. Uh, The NFL postseason, it's going to expand a little bit. There's going to be an extra wild card game in each conference during wild card weekend. You're going to have three each day, the NFC and the AFC. You're going to have two versus seven. You're going to have three versus six, four versus five. One continues to get a bye, and one will play the lowest remaining seed in the divisional round and then the two other teams to win they're going to play each other in the the divisional round so really you're adding one uh one team per conference and one wild card game per conference i got no problem with it people bitching and moaning about this i mean honest to god what changes are okay in your world this is not a big deal going to 17 uh games in the regular season It's a bit of a different thing, but it eliminates a preseason game. We don't like preseason games. We don't need preseason games. Let's get the hell rid of the preseason as we know it. Of course, they're not going to do that because they still put butts in seats and they still charge retail prices for those tickets. Ten events and whatever you pay for your season tickets, it's split ten ways. The preseason games... We know what they are. They're a complete and total waste of time. We don't enjoy watching them. We don't enjoy attending them. They don't enjoy playing them or coaching them. Why do they exist? Money, cash, and that's what's driving all of the changes in the CBA. The extra wild card games, the uh, the 17th game in the regular season, it's all a cash grab because nobody can have enough, evidently. Enough money does not exist for anyone, does it? Anyway, what does exist, Breakfast with Kent tomorrow morning, 8 o'clock on Facebook Live, and then on uh, Twitter and Periscope Live immediately following that. It's a show so nice we do it twice. All of it brought to you by the great people at Today's Dentistry. Dr. Mike O'Neill, the best dentist that there is. Talk about a culture where you don't have a brain drain. A lot of the people who work there, they've been there a long time. Dr. Mike O'Neill, first and foremost, he's been there Almost 30 years, for God's sake. The last, what, 18 or 19 as the owner of the place. Dr. Mike O'Neill does a great job, so great, that as I've been his patient the last 26 years, I've never even thought about going anywhere else. Give him a call, 317-849-2933. We'll talk to you tomorrow morning. Join me.